Hello and welcome everybody to our episode three of the Strokes and Jokes podcast. Today we have the topic of mental health and sports. And Julian has a discussion topic to bring up. So within all sports, whether it's golf or any of the other sports that anyone listening may play or be interested in, mental health is a big portion of it. Especially for golf, there is... It's probably 80% mental and 20% physical. There's a lot going on, not just within your swing, but in your whole mindset of every single sport you're going to play. Throughout our time between the three of us, we have all experienced some issues or some results of a lack of full ability of our mental health, just because it's what happens, a little lapse in our thinking or overthinking can cause some problems. We have seen athletes such as Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, and others explain their concerns about it just because it is such a pressing issue. It is very enlightening though that the NBA has actually required every team to have a mental health council hired for the team so that everyone has the opportunity to be able to receive help. When we were at Bluffton this year, we also had a traveling group um, called We Are All A Little Crazy come in. And they had three individuals, guests that came and spoke to us. It was very enlightening to understand that anyone as an athlete or non-athlete is in this all together because we all experience it at some point in time. Whether that's a fear of failure, anxiety, depression, whether that's affecting you, you know, your physical on field, or it's affecting you for, for us in the classroom, or affecting our social life. It's all something that should be addressed and should be talked about. Recently, more of an old school idea is just suck it up, get through it. It's not that big of a deal. But instead, what we want to discuss is just how important it is to talk about it. It is not an easy thing to talk about, and we don't expect anyone to think it is easy. Because something so important as such is not easy to talk about. However, once these guys came in and they discussed how important it was just because it's not just an everyday human kind of thing. Like professional athletes, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan are all-stars in the NBA. They are at the top of their craft in a sport that is very difficult to go professional in. And hearing some of their stories are just impeccable. Um, For example, Kevin Love had to leave the game in the third quarter. This would have been in about 2016 or 2015 because his anxiety was through the roof. Someone on the biggest stage playing a professional game coming out and saying that his anxiety was causing him not to be able to perform at his peak level of expectancy is quite remarkable because these guys are supposed to be the finest tuned athletes in the world. Everything's supposed to be top notch, but it just brings into reality how important this is because everyone is affected by it. And we want to more talk about the golf aspect of it because if you watch online and everything like that, a lot of times the instructors 
and your coaches and everyone talk about your mental outlook on the game. For example, when we played in our outing today, Spencer was talking about how you need to envision the shots and expect expect yourself to be able to hit hit the ball with a draw or if you're looking to hit a certain kind of shot. And if you don't, you know what, you tried and that's what you do. But it's all about trying to boost your mental confidence in it because then that improves your game as a whole. Spencer, do you want to go on a little bit more about what your envisioning is behind that? Um, especially with nervousness. Um, I mean, I, I, I experience it. Everybody experiences it, especially in golf. You imagine everything that could go wrong. Um, definitely when you're thinking, I try to keep myself distracted thinking about the shot I'm trying to hit. So instead of sitting there thinking, well, there's OB right <laughs> or something like that, maybe, you know, I've been hitting my driver. I've been slicing my driver. I've been doing this. I've been doing that for the last week. I have the shanks. Um, I try to just block that stuff out and focus on the shot at hand. Um, just for example, say it's 150 yards out, you know, wind. I just start thinking about all the stuff I can possibly think about before I hit the golf shot. And sometimes I try to hurry up a little bit. I try not to like soak in and think about it or stand over the ball and let my thoughts get to me. I try to think about it after the shot. And I don't let the result get to me. So if I had a bad shot, you know, I just, nothing you can do about it now. I mean, it's over, it's done with. Might as well move on to the next one and make a recovery shot. That's all you can do. Um, With... Professional athletes in sports coming out about their mental health. Some were recently on the PJ Tour, well, the European Tour. Beef Johnson, who almost won the U.S. Open, I believe it was in 2016 at Oakmont, um, came out about his mental health struggles and how he's been unable to perform at his level that he's used to because of the outcoming of support towards him. And how many more fans and people that he was interacting with came all of a sudden to him after his uh, his recent success and how he kind of just rose to fame almost overnight. So he had to back out of tournaments just because he wasn't mentally able to comprehend everything that was going on around him and all the different sponsorship deals he had and all the different uh, fan support for him on social social media. And he had a, eventually he went and saw a sports psychologist, with, which is something new to the sports world, where like a, a, psych, a licensed psychologist is there for a professional athlete's support and to help them process things that are happening on in competition and how they are able to mentally understand things and comprehend them to help them perform at their best capability. Um, I really respect what Andrew Johnson has done because he's one of the only PGA professionals that I can think of in recent memory who have come out about his struggles with mental health. And I think with more people coming out, it's only going to help the people who are too scared to talk or the people who just don't know where to start or where to begin to get the help that they need. And I think in today's day and age, 
people need to get the help they need as soon as possible before certain tragedies happen. And um, just to perform at their best level, not only in sports and competition, but in life in general, people need to be healthier and be more happy. And that's probably one of the most important things to think about in life and, and in sports. Back to a little bit with golf and other sports. The mental mindset is what separates sometimes, especially in golf, the you know, people on the Corn Ferry Tour or the McKenzie Tour or even the European Tour from some of the PGA pros. Tiger Woods, for example, in his prime, his mindset and his mental well-being was... He was he had the killer mentality with it where he was not going to let anyone, regardless of how good they were, even when he was 21, there are videos of players who never played with him. And as soon as he started playing, they said, holy shit, this guy might be the best golfer on the planet. And it was all based on this mindset that Tiger had about how he was determined and he was confident in himself about how and what he wanted to do with it. There's a lot going forward with that, with other aspects of your life and everything. I have numerous people who I know who have anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And it affects them extramentally in everything they do. But the key and the biggest thing ever is to just talk about it. Once we had that speaker come in and everything... It's just opening up how much bottling up things inside is not always the answer. There are people around you who feel the same thing. And one of the big things that they talked about was same here. Explaining that you're not alone in this. Because once you are feeling these effects and everything like that, you do feel alone. You could have a hundred friends you could be the most popular person on campus or in your high school or wherever you are. And you could be the most fun at a party or outside at the games or whatever like that. But what really matters is how you feel on the inside with something like that. Because anything you do outside looking externally, everyone would say, you know, that person's okay. He seems fine. They seem happy. But instead, internally, you're feeling all of these emotions and everything that you struggle to put to words because it's so hard to talk about something so difficult to even people you know, let alone going to see like a psychiatrist or anything like that. But Coach Craig um, and I have had numerous conversations about how important this is just because mental health in all sports and not just sports but in life is such a big deal because the suicide rate is up all around the United States. I've seen it numerous places um, with mass shootings as well. The mental health and mental well-being and mental state are all taken into account and seems to be a prominent issue not just in the United States but around the world with various amount of issues and everything like that. But we just wanted to talk a little bit more now on the golf side of it. Just trying to get your mind in that mental state of how to get better. Because sometimes you have to take a few steps back to go a few steps forward. 
We've all had those days on the range where you're like, holy shit, I can't. I, if you paid me a million dollars, I couldn't even hit the ball off the ground. Or it's like, man, that slice is so bad. What am I going to do? Aim five houses to the left and pray to God it doesn't hook. Like, <laughs> like we've all been there. But it's all about, and back to what Spencer said about your mental aspect of, you just got to keep fighting through it. Golf is one of those sports where you could have a whole entire round and you could feel like you're playing the worst golf of your life and put out a pretty decent score. Or you could have the best round of your life you feel and put out a bad score because you're lacking that full mental connection from start to finish. So what we're going to try to explain to you guys is a couple tips or whatever that we feel could help you improve a little bit of your game or your mental approach to the game just because that's probably the most important aspect of your golf game is your approach to it. Because if you're just going to go out there and hit driver every single hole and just try to hit it as far as you can, not worry about whether it's left in the trees, right OB, you're just praying that it's just finding a fairway. That's that's not the right outlook on it. You look at all of these PGA Pro guys. Dustin Johnson can hit the ball 400 yards. But there are holes where he knows and his mental approach is, I can't just slap this thing down the fairway because it's it's that second it's that second look at it where you're like where the mental aspect comes back into it where if you're not thinking two shots ahead or you're not thinking about all the external factors on the course and everything like that, you could put yourself at, at a great disadvantage. So we'll have Spencer talk about a little bit about some of his mental approaches, how he views certain range sessions, trying to feel mentally and get whatever you're thinking to f- feel that actually within your golf swing and seeing it improve your game. All right, so <clears throat> the mental game of golf is such a broad range. You can go anywhere. Um, as far as pre-round, um, a lot of this I've really focused on the past year. Um, so a big thing for me is a couple years ago, and like you know, I've only been playing golf for like four years. But the past couple of years, I've really focused on the hype before the tournament. Um, a lot of times I found myself telling friends, telling family members, telling people in general, you know, oh, I've been playing good last week. I'm going to play good this week. Um, or I haven't been playing good last like last week and I'll try this week. Um, just stuff like that. It puts a lot of mental pressure. It's unnecessary on yourself for no reason. Um, especially I've definitely found myself telling people I was going to play good. And then as soon as you hit that first drive and it doesn't go the way you want it to, you're like, okay, this is just going to be an embarrassment. Cause at the end of the day, that's how you feel on the inside. You're, you're, in, you're embarrassing because you told people that you're going to play good and then you don't. So, but, um, other than that range, um, range sessions, Try not to think too hard about anything, honestly. I just 
do my own thing. And at the end of the day, I always just think to myself, you know, it's going to be all right. And I'm always thinking for the future. Um, so if not, I'm not playing good today, let's practice. Let's experiment a little bit with the swing, some different things. And uh, let's try to play better in a couple weeks in the future from now. So that way, you know, it's um, a minor fix. Then play good next week or so on and so forth. But there's tons of things that go into the whole mental game. So, Spencer, do you, once you hit bad shots, or like you said earlier, you know, before today, you had a couple rough, we went to Top Golf on Friday night. I haven't seen this guy hit that many balls off the hosel in my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, so, once, you, you know, you go through that, and just feeling that ball hit the hosel is the worst feeling known to man. Um, do you get a sense of that you can take something away and instead of looking at it as, oh my God, I just shanked 10 balls in a row, you know, and you get upset with yourself and you get a little bit more frustrated. Do you try to look at it in a different aspect of, okay, because shanking the ball in the game of golf, you're off by an inch, millimeters, centimeters, it's a very small range where you're hitting, you know, you're a couple centimeters off from hitting the purest iron shots you can hit, <laughs> or slicing a ball off the, toe, off the toe, or hitting it off the hosel. Do you put some of the bad shots in the bank that you can store and understand how you can learn from them instead of letting them affect you? Yes. Um... So, obviously, it's not the first rodeo. I've only been playing golf for four years. I mean, there's been plenty of range sessions where I've gone and just shanked ball after ball after ball after ball. Um, and, I mean, yeah, we went to top golf, and I'm just hitting shank after shank after <laughs> shank. Um, I don't really know. I really don't know what I was doing, um, but... I always like to take a video of my swing. It helps me take a look at what I might be doing with my body. Other than that, my own personal opinion is I think I'm soft right now. Like I think the body, like the body is soft. Like seriously, like I really, it's like um, I need to walk the course more often. Um, lifting weights, that kind of thing. I just feel um, a little loose. Um, obviously because I haven't played that much this summer. Could have definitely played more golf. And I think I'm warming up. It's all about timing. Timing's a huge thing with the golf swing right now, especially when you're trying to go a couple months off and then just hop right back into, you know, where you were. And you really can't think that way. It's all about working and improving. So um, when I get the shanks like that, you know, it really does, mentally doesn't bother me because I know my game. I know that I have the talent. Um I know physically it's there. I just have to find it. It's just like looking, trying different things. It, it, and mentally, it's almost like, you know, it's like it's almost going back to the like memory book, you know, remembering some things. Last year, okay, I remember this. Okay, so I shortened my backswing a little bit up and keep the wrist, wrist a little stiffer. Um, just little things like that. It's like crazy. I mean, golfers, I'm sure you guys can understand, you know, you switch something in the swing and then you go back to it and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot, you know, I remember I told myself to do that and I forgot about it and then you start doing it and you're hitting ball straight. 
And sometimes it's really just a night and day difference, honestly. Um, literally, it could be shanking balls and remember to do something and you're fine. Um, it just takes so much swings and so much practice. So many You have to hit so many balls to get it all down and fluid, get it running. And then tournament golf is a whole different ball game as far as mentally playing goes, for sure. So, Carter... Um, what, a lot of what we do during the season is we talk about uh, our personal goals and our expectations for tournaments or practice and where we want to be and everything like that. So, Carter, if you want, could you talk a little bit about what some of your um, – how your outlook on it and how you feel about once, you know, like especially for the tournaments sometimes, um, especially in the spring – some of the scores are like, the first day is like, man, that wasn't that what I expected. The second day is like night and day difference. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on your mental process of figuring out your goals and how to allow our listeners to understand how setting uh, some goals that might be a little bit out of reach and then setting some realistic goals that you know that you can achieve with hard work and how that all builds into your success because once you achieve some of those goals that you're aiming for, whether that's a score, whether that's consistency in clubs, whether that's making your game a little bit better in certain areas that you struggled with, can you just elaborate on some of those things? Well, I think goal setting might be the, one of the most important things in golf because you set your goals and once you achieve them, you keep on setting more and that's just how you get better and better. Because there's always going to be a goal, a goal that you're trying to achieve. And once you get there, there will be another one right there. So, I mean, I don't think there's any goal that's not achievable, especially in golf. If, as long as you put the work in and you just grind away, then you're going to get there at some point, whether it takes you one week or it takes you an entire season. At some point or another... Every goal will be achieved, and that's just how the mental outtake that you got to take on it is that even, no matter where you are right now, if you're struggling, you're hitting the chains like we talked about earlier, at some point or another later down the road, that goal to hit a pure shot into a green or just get the ball up in the air, it, it'll, it'll come. You just got to keep grinding away, and whatever goal you set out to do, I mean, we all have goals and we're all going to overcome them and they may seem far away, but they're all closer than you think. And people sometimes in this day and age with social media and how things can be almost instantaneously in your hands, whatever you need, sometimes you just have to have the patience and the time to wait for the things that you're wanting to come to you and not try to go out and chase them and try to force things to happen. And with the tournaments, I always tend to, like Spencer said earlier, is overhyping tournaments and saying you're going to score well and you go out there and you quadruple bogey the first hole and your, your round's almost ruined mentally and physically. And, and I know when our schedule comes out for our tournaments and stuff, I'll start looking at the courses and see how I can attack them. And I don't know if 
I don't know if that's good for my mental game or if it is. Maybe I should just show up to the golf course and just take it as I see it. Because I think if I look at the courses before, I start overthinking or I think, oh, this course should be easy. I should shoot 77 and I go out there and shoot 88. I mean, the mentality is extremely important in competitive and tournament golf. And people just need to understand that try not to overthink everything. As I said earlier, when you're taking a quad or a high number on your first couple holes, your first hole, the question that you ask yourself is, how do you overcome that? So, as we talked about on the first podcast, something that can really start affecting your round is, you know, a, you know, like four putting the first hole, or you just three putted and you just took, instead of taking a bogey or, or taking a par, you just took a double and you just had a four foot putt and you just rolled it down the hill. So Spencer, for example, you know, what goes through your mindset when, you know, you know, playing as the one man in certain tournaments, everything like that, you already have that pressure on you. How do you, how do you start around with, you know, either a double or a triple or even a quad? And then you, how do you overcome that and then get your round back on? Um, so this has actually happened a lot to me, um, especially on the first few holes or maybe even the first nine, um, especially as me being the one man on the team, it, it really put a lot of pressure on me, especially last year, just thinking, um, even what is this family member going to think? What's coach going to think? What are your teammates going to think? You know, cause you almost, all those thoughts rush you as soon as you walk off that green after you pick your ball out of the cup. And it's so hard to mentally turn around and head back into the right direction because you start thinking, okay, and then you start thinking about holes, especially if you know the course. Um, Just so many, there's the amount of thoughts that can hit you within 30 seconds is unbelievable. You can literally think about so, so many bad thoughts that rush you. Um, so how do I control that? Um, I try to mentally train myself over time. I think I've worked on it the past two years the most. Um, just to basically block that little voice in your head telling you, um, you know, last year you played this course and you hit a slice off this tee, it went OB. All that stuff, you got to block that out and say, okay, um, you know, I can hit this good. I know exactly what I'm doing. And that's when I really start thinking about the shot itself. Not letting those bad thoughts get to you too much. Um, even if a lot of the times what I do is I joke around about it. Maybe with, you know, the kids in my group or something, I say something about it. And, you know, they laugh. It's like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. So we might as well just play, you know, just play golf, go back to the basics and have fun. Um it's harder for some people other than others, obviously. Um, I think I get the same thoughts. I think that I'm pretty resilient against the thoughts that I get for the most part, especially hitting bad shots, recovery shots. Um, I always think to myself, there's really no situation that I can get into. And at the end of the day, it's a round of golf and I can only get better. Nothing's going to harm me. It's, we're always going to move on.
So, do you feel sometimes that once, you know, you take that that number, do you feel like you play a little bit looser because then, like we talked about with Carter, you set those expectations for you and then taking something like that right off the bat within the first four holes, do you start to loosen up a little bit, your expectations go away a little bit more and then you're just back to, you're back to what you said is just playing the game for what it is. Do you think that sometimes, you know, taking, whether it's a double or a triple, can actually help your round in the long run? Um, super good question. Um, so, yes and no. So, definitely, I've definitely went into some tournaments, you know, it's completely blind course. Um, definitely a problem I have is I will... If I take some high scores within the first five holes, I just think to myself, you know, I start making up excuses in my head. Well, I've never played this course before. I'd, I haven't been playing good this week. It was raining all week. All these different excuses up in my mind. And once I validate myself for having an excuse to play bad, I'm like, okay, then it's fine. We're just here to have fun. You know, I just want to get through this day, get on the band and go home. Mm-hmm. So definitely, that, yeah. it, it's a bad mental game. It really is. Yeah. But... I do it. A lot of people do it. A lot of golfers do it. Yeah. You know, they don't want to say that out loud, but they do it. Oh, they do. But, you know, but there's also the side where I'm having a good round. And at Worcester Country Club this year, it was huge. So, like, I knew I was having a good round. Especially on the second day, I think I was five over on the first nine. And you know that's where I want to be on the on the day. Yeah. So I'm thinking this nine holes I gotta pour out the beat. You know, beat what I shot yesterday. I shot seventy nine the day before. I wanted to be under seventy nine. And th- that was that was tough. And you know I mentally had to buckle down, take all the bad thoughts out. And you know I broke it down. I played basic golf. Um, it did help. I I, I mean I hit good golf shots. Um, a lot of things worked out. Um, the putts were falling. That kind of thing. It's just not... It's kind of the luck of the day. Just feeling it, feeling hot. But there's also that side where you can take it, buckle down, play well. Or the other side where you make excuses and kind of give up on yourself. And and I've had days where I've, you know, made excuses and things like that. And still shot a decent score, recovered well. But it's still a bad mental game. And then there's also that side that you really... This is the worst... These, this side of the mental golf game, the, this is where it gets really bad. And this is where people shoot insanely high scores. And I think this is a lot of the side that it shuts golfers down is when they just give up completely mentally. Is basically when you hit a bad golf shot and you just let those thoughts completely overtake you. You start throwing a fit. Um... You know, kids that you know, they're walking up to the golf ball and you're just looking at them, they're pouting, and it's like you you have no chance. You have no chance. We all know that guy. Yeah. That gets in their group, they get up on the first tee box, they spank their club. There's no chance you have a good round today. There's literally no chance. So that is one thing that I see a lot of people they have to work on. Um and the bad part is there's a lot of work there to do. Because even good golfers, I mean, you see it on the PGA Tour, Sergio Garcia, he oh. doesn't throw fits all the time. When but he does. But you see when he slips up, he, that's when it, he, it gets to him. 
And that's when it's too much. The embarrassment and the feelings inside it, like inside are too much. You know what I mean? You yeah. you imagine if I was at Top Golf. Okay, so say say I'm on the first tee. You go around. You guys are sitting around. You guys are telling a bunch of people. You know, Spencer's the best golfer here. He's one of the best golfers in the country. Best golfer I've ever seen. Not that this is true, by the way. Because by any I, means, it is not true. Like like um, the first part, maybe a I'm little bit. I'm giving you an example. <laughs> so if you guys went around and told everybody that I was the best golfer in the world, and I show up on the first tee box and I hit a dead shank, OB. Tee it up again, hit another one, OB. We've been there. <laughs> you can only imagine the gut feeling and the mental game that can take on you as far as embarrassment goes. Um, I mean, that's just when it gets too much. I think a lot of people feel that too easily. And another thing with that side is, um, which is a really weird side of my mental game on the golf course, that I always am worried about how I look on the golf course. Which is a terrible mental game. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the tee. I go in like to a third person view of my golf swing as I'm swinging the club. And I shank it every single time. It's never a good golf shot. So with that, with the swing, um, Carter has a very unique swing. <laughs> I, it, trust us. You'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, post some videos eventually of Carter's swing. On Twitter. On Twitter. Um, for sure. But so back to that, I mean, we've talked about it. There's a lot of, a lot of people, Carter, who've said that you need to change your swing because it just looks bad. It looks awkward. It looks uncomfortable. So how do you get through that mental portion of saying, you know, my swing works. It might not look as pretty as yours, but my score looks better than yours. So how do you feel about that sometimes when someone's like, you that is the most awkward thing ever it looks painful you know how do you get through that i mean you can just take it to matthew wolf on the pga tour i mean guy's insanely insanely good golfer i mean he's won a fucking tour event in his first what five starts and i'm sure people was telling him since he was three years old how weird and how unorthodox his swing looked but he kept on it because he, he knew how to trust it and that's just what came natural to him, and it worked. And it worked really well. And with me, I just think that you shouldn't have to change your swing. You shouldn't listen to what other, people, other people's expectations or other people's thoughts on you or your swing or your golf game. You just got to trust what you know and trust what you have and just try to play, play the best golf you can. And that's all you really can do in the end. I mean, my my coach and I talked at the end of our fall season last year, and he talked to me. He's like, do you want to change your swing to have – to be, like, more more normal in a way, if you want to call it that? Or do you want to just conform your swing to what it is now and just make it better? And it it'd be more efficient – and it'll be more easier on you because it's what you know, and you'll be able to trust your swing more. And him and I just had a long conversation about that, and we both we both agreed that to just work on my own swing and just try to make it the best that we can make it to score the best to help the team. And I think that's the most important part. So, and this goes back to 
a little bit more of the mental health aspect because that that acknowledgement of anyone, whether it was coach, whether it was any teammates or anything like that, just goes back to, you know, that support it gives you, especially with golf, where it's like you have days like we've talked about where you just don't feel like anything's right and you just want to like give up almost. And it's just very important to have that sense of a grounding where you can feel at ease a little bit because you just feel that comfort. Um, so what I want to talk about a little bit right now is for the beginning golfer and the newer golfer and setting your expectations. Since I am the newest golfer in the room, um, I only began at Bluffton and only started playing in college. The expectations are at the start. It's very, it's very odd because you are very you're so inconsistent so once you start hitting the ball well and then you're because your your days where you're good are are few and far in between but your days that are bad are very prominent and because golf is so hard it, it's a mental overcoming of how to do it Connor Jones, who we interviewed in the last episode, talked about how if it was easy, everyone would do it. But not everyone can do it because of how difficult it is. And for me, going right into college, the pressure I felt because there was only five of us that traveled. If someone didn't travel, my score was going to count. So putting that pressure on me when I was an all-county and all-conference soccer player in high school to also having awards in music and everything and excelling and stuff I was good at, it was very hard for me to turn around and then start something and have to contribute when I was not comfortable at all even playing in front of people, let alone playing in a tournament where my score was going to count. So I had a very, it was a very long two years. From the start when I golfed, it was like I didn't feel comfortable with any yardage. I couldn't do anything. The mental game was very hard. And it's been a long process of putting my expectations on the back burner and just trying to figure out, you know, if you do hit a bad shot, how do you come back from it? Because that's one thing you see in the in PGA Tour events and you see it anywhere from recreational, amateur golf to pro golf. How you can get out of situations and how you make up for your mistakes, that can save you five strokes around. You can just rewatch, you can replay your round in your mind, and you can say, you know, if I would have taken a little bit more time and thought a little bit smarter and used a different mental approach like we've been talking about, you might be able to salvage a round that looks reasonable for you, or even doesn't even matter what the score feels like, it's how you feel. You know, if you feel like you were hitting the ball well and you just weren't making stuff or you had a couple off shots that caused your round to be a little bit in disarray, you still can look back to it. But there was a time last year in the spring where I was struggling. I couldn't hit anything straight. I couldn't get the ball off the ground sometimes. The driver wasn't even an option. It wasn't anywhere consistent. And this was, what, a th- three-week process in the spring? You think? Yeah. Where it was like 
it was like there was like a there was like expectations were made and then there was a time where like I just wasn't achieving anything and it it showed because that's how I played I didn't want to be there I was struggling I just kept making up excuses 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 and then eventually I just realized and and just took account for it it's no one else's fault but myself and I learned that uh, my dad has helped me a lot with this when we've been playing in the summer is how to take that best approach mentally and try to salvage around because yeah if you slice a ball or you hook one or you you know you top one a little bit and you're put behind a tree or something you know it's not about how you make par it's about how you can take the best score from it because your best score on a hole might be a bogey it might be a double but if you can salvage that instead of you know and stop the bleeding that can help you overall in your mental state and just having that different outlook on it can save you strokes because if you go from you know you could take a, an eagle on a par 5 and think you have the you know you're on cloud 9 and then you put your tee shot behind a tree and then you just get in your head about it and then you could you could just take a double on that hole and it's like you know then you just start going down the rabbit hole with that and for me it was all about just trying to figure out how to almost feel the same about a double and a bogey as I do a birdie and trying to just keep that mental aspect of we're just playing golf we're hitting some good shots we're hitting some bad shots and that's just where it's going from here but what we want to look at now is we're going to talk a little bit more individually about our own personal experiences with it, just because we've all had those days where we're struggling a little bit more and it's affecting us. And sometimes it bleeds into more than just golf. It bleeds into our personal life and everything. So we're going to have Carter talk a little bit to us right now. So you can have support or you can have all the support in the world and you can still feel lonely. Like, for me, golf, I mean, that may not be the best option just because it's one of the most mentally straining sports probably on planet Earth. And I use competition or I use sports or I use golf as kind of an outlet for me to, you know, relieve, relieve my stress or my anxiety or my depression. And I remember at a point after our fall season, it was right around the time that the, we're all a little crazy. Uh, people came and talked to us at school. And I was just going through the motions. I'd wake up 10 minutes before class and get there just on time and just go through the motions throughout the day, come back, go to practice, and just lay down in the room. And I remember vividly just looking on the desk and seeing this bottle of pills and I just remember wanting to take them over and over. And a kid on the team came and talked to me. And it helped a lot. And that's what I want everyone to know is to reach out and to always know that there's someone there who supports you, whether you think it or not. And just reach out no matter what. So like you've heard, we do all experience certain things. Spencer and I will now tell you a little bit um, some stories about stuff that happened recently within the last two years that have affected us. Um, some of it is based upon golf. Some of it is not. Um, so we'll start with me. It would have been the spring 
of 2018, I had, um, my dad actually texted me and disowned me practically, um, just on a random Tuesday afternoon. And I was left just utter speechless. Didn't understand what was going on. Um, it's not John Pitts. Um, that is my stepdad. Um, but, um, so my actual real dad did that and it was in the middle of, uh, February where I had a lot of assignments due and everything. And the guys in the room know I take school way too serious. I am way too serious about it. It's like, if you're not, if you're lagging behind you bet your ass I'm going to be right there picking your ass up and we're going to be crawling to the finish line if that's what it takes to get your grades up. And um, so I take great pride in the work I put in in school and everything. And that semester was awful. It was, I had a 3.0 GPA, which doesn't sound bad, but for me, my other three semesters at Bluffton, I had a 3.9. So almost a full point, 1.0 GPA drop just because of a little bit of a mishap in the beginning of the semester almost costed me a lot. And it was tough because that affected me greatly. I was stressed upon family issues, how I felt personally, And then going into the spring with golf, like I said earlier, with putting all this pressure on the tournaments that I was not ready for and everything like that and trying to contribute to the team while also taking 17 credit hours and making sure I did everything I could with my music and practicing and everything and trying to find this balance between everything was very difficult. And that beginning was, it was hard. And my biggest regret from it was not asking for more help. It was more of something that I acknowledged to certain people and then brushed off saying I was okay and didn't continually ask for more help. And I I felt it by the end because a lot of stuff suffered because I was going through something that I thought I could do on my own. And it's just something that you know, we have to work through, it happens, you know, not that specific thing happens to everyone, but certain things like it where an event happens in your life that you have no control over because, you know, something happens or someone says something and you're just left, you know, feeling broken and alone. And it's just this part of you that starts to, you know, creep back into the you know, the darkness that you feel and start feeling sad and everything. But then you have to understand that there's always light at the end of the tunnel and finding the light in the end of the tunnel is the key thing. But here is Spencer. Um, so mine is kind of a little bit different. It's more of school-based. Um, early on, I guess later on in the high school, I guess the whole time, Really, I've always seen myself as a go-getter. If I really want to do something, I do it. Um, And so I kind of went to college. 
started off strong, um, but kind of hit me kind of harder. It was a little bit tougher than I guess I imagined it being. Um, with the schedule and golf and homework and then socializing and keeping up. Um, about mid-semester, um, basically I just found myself getting a little bit lazy. Um, missing classes, staying up late for no reason. Um, just being tired constantly. Every day at practice, I would be tired. I'd be exhausted. I'd go to class, and it's almost like I'm so exhausted. I don't even want to pay attention to anything a professor has to say. And then the only thing I really found energy to do is go socialize, have fun. Like, at least, okay, my day was shitty. Might as well go have a good time. Um, Miss class over and over and over again. Just complete embarrassment. Um, And it was kind of like... It really was like really to myself, like what is going on? And the biggest thing for me is I really didn't have a straight answer to myself or an excuse as to like what was happening. Um, I guess I just felt like exhausted from just life in general. Like it just is like a hundred miles per hour constantly. Um, and the way I dealt with that is. I was resilient, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just constantly over and over again. And, you know, I pushed through, but I think I'm on better terms with myself right now. Um, just overall, I just got caught up into just homework. And then I had a room to myself the last semester, and you just had all day to sit there and just think to yourself about your grades, about homework. Why didn't I do this? Why can't I do that? It's just an energy factor. Like, I just didn't feel the energy to get up and do my homework. Go do something. Go go to the grocery store and get groceries or, you know. I didn't even have the energy to, like, go get food. I would just sit there and order a pizza. Just eat it and play video games. Because that's, like, the only thing I wanted to do. Which is a very bad way to live life. And um, I think it's it's definitely a good thing. In the long run that I experienced that to myself and that's the way that I take it. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about the way that I don't want to be. I don't want to be the guy that's lazy in his mom's basement not doing anything. (laughs) Basically, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, As far as that goes, I really focus on um, getting up in the morning instead of just going through the motions and doing stuff. Wake up with purpose. Wake up and know that stuff needs to be done. Wake up with a plan. Wake up and know, you know, my goal today is, you know, go to my classes, take notes, get my homework done. Get my homework done before I go socialize. Because what happens is you go to class, you socialize, and then afterwards you're like, oh, homework. homework. The last it's thing like, you want to do. It's like, whatever. I just want to go to bed. I just want to lay in my bed and get on my phone for hours. And, um, basically that's the whole thing is really keep goals. I find that goals are super helpful for myself, you know, and after I missed class, I just started setting goals for myself, like little goals, like, okay, let's make it through a complete week. Don't miss a class, get homework done, get assignments done on time and really focus detail wise what I'm doing. 
if I write a paper, I'm not just sitting there pounding words just to fill out a paper. I actually put some thought and some planning into a paper, a packet, or homework, or whatever it was. And studying, I tried to put more effort into that, and in golf especially. I tried to focus mentally on things. Like, I don't just, like, slouch mentally and just, okay, uh, another day, wake up in the morning, you know, let's just get through this day. Let's get to 3 o'clock, go to golf practice and get back and go to sleep. I just want to go to bed. And that's just a bad way to think, you know. And shout out to Dakota Pratt. I'll I'll shout him out on the podcast. Um, Seriously, what? Like, I mean... Amazing guy. He even I told him some days, you know, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go work out. I don't want to go do this. You know, he'd come up in my room and bang the door. No, you're going to work out, you know. And in high school, that's kind of, you know, you have your parents there to tell you to do stuff. Like, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. And you just kind of just doing it, doing it, doing it. And in high school, you know, as we all know, it goes, it blows by fast. It's it's literally gone. Yep. Days go by slow. Years go by fast. And you know, I high school was an amazing time for me. I I got through it. I had okay grades. I didn't really think about it all that much. But when I got to college, it's almost like it brings in a new perspective as far as life. Like, where do I want to be in five, ten years? You know, I want to be that guy that actually has things like. I want to have a truck. I want my kids to have a nice car. I want, you know, I want a nice house with a patio. I want to go on vacations and stuff like that. And when you start thinking about that, mentally, that's just like goals, you know. You got to have that in mind. That's that's why you're here. That's why you do things. Um, pain, darkness, depression, sadness, that kind of thing. That All that stuff is temporary. Um Everybody gets through it, um, and it's just one of those things. And and just like golf, is golf is really similar to life. Um, you get handed a bad shot, what do you do next? Same thing. You get handed a bad card in life. You gotta make the right move, not only for yourself but think for the future. I think it was Ben Hogan who said, "Golf is the closest thing to the game of life you can play. You get." Good breaks off bad shots and bad breaks off good shots. But um, this, between the three of us, we really feel that it is important just to tell everyone about, you know, how serious this is, how we all go through it. But at the same time, we all have each other and then we all look at the outcome of this always can get better. We always have each other for it. And that's what we're striving for is to stay consistent with our mental factor outside of it too, just because we all feel that that is very important for all of us. But we'll have... And I think with what Spencer said about goal setting and looking forward to something is... I think that's what this podcast is all about, is finding our purpose and setting a goal to what we envision for this podcast to be and what we want it to be. And what the end game or the end goal is. And I think it just helps to just look forward. Have something to look forward to. Because if, you, if you're not looking forward to anything, then 
to yourself, you think, what's the purpose? Why am I waking up every day? Why am I going to class? Why am I playing golf? And in the end game, it's just be yourself. Try to be as happy as you can be. Get the support you need. And set goals. Find a purpose in your life. And fulfill it. Try to full sends only here on the Strokes and Jokes podcast. And you got to full send your dreams. And uh, obviously, you know, this was a serious podcast. Um, normal podcast, you know, we're joking around and messing around and all that stuff. It's all fun and games. But we wanted to really make this one kind of serious and make it relatable um, and make sure it's almost like a vacation. If not, you can relate and help you out in some way, shape, or form. Um, as we wrap this up, do you guys have anything extra to add? Just make sure that any and all donations that we receive to this podcast or any revenue received from our ad will be going towards the We Are Crazy Foundation just to help any way that we can to anyone else out there in the need. And if you want to reach out to us, DM us on Twitter or anything that you can find available. Just ask if we'll be here to support you. And we're here for anyone's support, no matter what. Yep. And once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you. We'll keep us stroking and joking, and you do the same.